Good evening and good morning to Sally Rigby. Um, Haya, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, hello. Um, thanks for having me here. I'm Sally Rigby. I'm currently in New Zealand and it's half past seven in the morning. Um, I write crime fiction books. Um, my, I, I write the Cavendish and Walker series, but um, today, as it happens, is the launch of, I haven't got an author copy, but I just thought I'd show you this, the launch of Web of Lies, which is the first in my Sebastian Clifford series. And this features an ex-inspector um, from the Met, and he gets together with a, a DC from Market Harborough to solve his first case. Um, I won't say any more in case I drop a spoiler, which I often do by mistake. <laughs> uh, did you always want to be a writer? I've always been a reader um, and a huge reader as a child, but I didn't think about writing until much later in life, mainly because I thought that writers weren't sort of like normal people like the rest of us. So it didn't enter my head to do that until I got much older, not until... I started, I was lecturing, I started doing non-fiction books and research papers, and then I progressed on to fiction. So not until much later in life. But reading always, I used to read loads and loads. In fact, as a writer, I read less now than I ever did before. <laughs> I just don't have the time. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what uh, made you finally take the plunge and actually go for it and write fiction? Oh, gosh. Um, I was doing I was doing a lot of nonfiction and research and then I decided I don't know. I don't know how I suddenly decided to do it. Something in the back of my head. And I started off writing young adult fiction under a pen name so it didn't clash with anything else I've done. And. I mean, the, my first attempts were pretty bad. And then I joined um, Harlequin at the time. I don't know if they still do it. Had some Harlequin boards. And I joined one of those and I met lots of nice people, but two in particular um, who we sort of teamed up with and became critique partners. And at the time, actually it was before I did Young Adult, I was doing Chiclet. So now you know how long ago that was. <laughs> So we got together and we're still friends and we still critique each other's work. And that was about, oh, 18, 19 years ago. So I just went from there. Chicklet went out of fashion and Young Adult came into fashion. And then I started writing Young Adult and got published. And then it was only maybe in 2018, back end of 2018, that I decided to write what I enjoy, which is crime fiction. And that's when, because it had been sufficient time since when I was lecturing, I decided to do it under my real name. So, um, and that's how I got into crime fiction. So via Chicklet, Young Adult, and now this. Um, and was crime fiction what you read? So that's why you decided to write that? Yes, I love anything to do. I like, you know, anything on the TV. Um, I read a lot of books. I'm fascinated with serial killers. Um, one of my young adult books, which um, was published, in actual fact, that's probably the start of it, was to do with the son of a serial killer. So I'd always, because I was just fascinated by it, what would happen to the family, you know, how would they feel? 
if their like father or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I think it was always there. And my favourite books, even now, are the um, Steve Glass and Dragon, the Mille- I can't even say it, Millennium Trilogy, you know, the Dragon Tattoo. I love those books. And they're probably the only books that I reread. So, yeah, it's always been there. Um, and when you wrote your first book, did you know that it was going to be a series? What, with the Cavendish and Walker? Yes, mm-hmm. I had planned it to be a series. Um, and if you were to be a character in those books, would you get on with your main characters? Ooh, I, yeah, I think I would because they're all they're all an amalgam of people I know. Like they, they, I never like make a character of someone I know, but you get things from people. So yeah, I would. Well, maybe not um, in the Cavendish and Walker series. Um, Whitney, who's the DCI there's a couple of people along the way that she always falls out with and I probably wouldn't like them either (laughs) (laughs) and what about the new series the new series early days there's nobody in the new series that I don't like not at all and I don't even know whether I'm going to do that because it's in the other series and it's sort of quite a part of the series, someone that's always trying to derail her and being a pain in the ass. So, um, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's not the plan is to get anyone. And now I'm thinking, actually, have I got anyone? I don't know. I haven't got anyone mean in there. No, definitely not. <laughs> someone's going to tell me I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone already is waiting like, no. Yes, you have. <laughs> what about so-and-so? <laughs> Um, what's the most interesting you think thing you found while researching your books? Well, I don't know whether you call it interesting, but I remember when I was doing book three in the Cavendish and Walker series, I wanted someone, I can say this without dropping a spoiler, I wanted someone to be killed on a train, to be stabbed on a train, but for them not to be able to um, scream out. So I had to research and I did discover that, that the way that you can do that. There's a certain place that you have to, and how I think you keep the knife flat, I can't, it's a long time ago. I think you keep the knife flat, but there's a certain place you can push the knife into without, so straight away they are incapacitated and can't scream out for help. So that was interesting. <laughs> In my newsletter, at the end of my newsletter, every t- every month, I always give an interesting serial killer fact. So they're all quite interesting. But yeah, particularly that way of killing. I'm trying to think, yeah, that was probably the most fascinating. I should say fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can find out, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, um, writers... I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at my browser history. <laughs> yeah, I asked someone else that question, and apparently you can find out if a bomb was dropped anywhere in the UK, what sort of area it would impact. Oh. Yeah, which was yeah. interesting and also terrifying. Yes. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't dealt with explosives yet in my books. 
if you were to team up your team from your first series with any other fictional detective team, who would you like to join up with? Um, well, I am watching Line of Duty at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that team. Um, I also... That's a tricky one. Um, trying to think what I like to watch. And my mind's gone blank. Yeah, I'll cop out and say um, Line of Duty... Kate and Steve. <laughs> do you know you and the guy that played Steve Arnott is Scottish? And yes, his... I do. I very voice. yeah. <laughs> I know when you hear his voice, it's um, yeah, it's quite it's strange. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how he manages to keep it up. I guess that's why he speaks so precisely because he has to to hide his accent. <laughs> I saw him in another TV. Was it a series? I can't remember what it was, and he he played with a Scottish accent. So I didn't know from that, um, but I can't remember what it was. It was really good. I forget. Yeah, how far are you, are you in the, on series six? Well, we've, because we've, we decided to binge watch the whole series from the beginning. Now I know we're behind you, so, uh, the whole series, the whole, yeah, the whole. So we start at number five. We've now got to six. We try and only watch one or two episodes a night. And I think last night we watched episode Four. And I think there's only episode five, therefore. I don't know how many in the series. Is it six or seven? Seven. seven. They're not up there on our um, TV on demand yet. So that they come out every Sunday. So Yeah, because yeah, once you get to those ones, you'll want to just keep watching. <laughs> <coughs> Actually, I've just had a thought. Coming back to your other question. Maybe um, in um, I team my team up with um, Nicola Walker and Sanjeev in um, Unforgiven, Unforgiven, Unforgotten. Sorry, Unforgotten. We've just got that. We've had the first two series. And I know there's some more. We've watched those. So yeah, I think I'd probably team them up with them actually, with hindsight. So yeah, change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's good. Nicola Walker and everything actually. So yeah. I've been she's hot. my pick yeah Nicola Walker is my pick to play Whitney Walker in um, oh of course Walker she's Walker I hadn't thought of that yeah <laughs> she's my pick to play Whitney she'd be perfect she I had her in my head when I was actually writing her the stature and just yeah she's brilliant yeah <laughs> if you're out there Nicola yeah if you're watching <laughs> yeah, if you're watching I've got a good part for you <laughs> Um, do you have any phobias and have you written about them or would you write about them? Mm. <clears throat> I don't really have any phobias. The only thing I don't like, I'm not keen on the dark. So I've never been keen on the dark, but, um, and yeah, I would write about them. I don't have phobias like, um, I mean, clearly Mr. Generation, but my mother and my daughter, petrified of spiders, like literally petrified of them. Um, and which I find hard to understand, but obviously because I'm not. But um, yeah, that one missed me. So no, I don't have any phobias, apart from the dark. 
Do you have any of them horrible, terrifying, massive spiders that Australia have? No, we don't. But I do remember once when my daughter was visiting us and luckily she'd gone to bed and we we'd had this, um, with a, it was sort of like an apartment, but it had a massive high wart. It's like a mezzanine, it's hard to explain. Anyway, we had one of the huntsman spiders and they're perfectly harmless, they're just big. And it's seriously like that. Nowhere we could get it on the wall, but luckily she'd gone to bed and luckily it had gone by the time she got up in the morning. <laughs> But we don't get anything over here. Um, news, that was why we did live in Australia for five years. That's how we know. But um, And that was the worst part. You couldn't even go out where we were in Queensland in your garden with bare feet because just in case you came across a snake. So we saw lots of snakes and spiders over there. But over here, we have one tiny little spider called a whiteback, which is like really, really small. I mean, we have others, but that has, um, not a white, but a white tail. And that one can be poisonous if it bites you. So, um, but not as it won't kill you. So we don't have anything. And that was, when we came back, that was the joy of just not having to constantly look down at your feet um, in case you found anything. Yeah, I mean, that really puts me off, is it, in Australia, like, ever. <laughs> And I don't well, mind spiders, but they're just something else. Not, it's not everywhere. Our son lives in Sydney and he's never, because he was quite jealous of all the snakes we saw where we were, because we were in Queensland. So if you go to certain places, you won't see any spiders or snakes. Or... Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> that's noted. <laughs> we, we had a friend that they found a massive big... And it's harmless. I shouldn't really tell you if you're scared of spiders, it's like, but they found a massive big python wrapped around the, one of their trees. <laughs> but that's que it's Queensland and Australia is, is a massive place. So you go to Sydney, which is a lovely place, and you won't come across anything. Yeah. We're going I'm to be back in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had like a massive spider, like it was quite big in the bath and I mean, it was huge, so I just left it be for a couple of days, and then I'm like, it's ridiculous. So I did try and capture it, but it ran off. But so, you know, I did, I'm not terrified of them, but I've seen videos and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pick them up, but um, I can't do that. But yeah, but I, I don't get scared. Um, do you have lots of author friends? I have loads um, such a supportive community I mean it really is um, and there's always someone that you know all over the world to help with it doesn't even have to be to do with writing you know I know that I've got if I needed something say sending from America I've got people I could contact and say please will you send me x you know oh that's so nice it's, it's, yeah a lovely community and do you get much feedback from your readers? I do. I get a lot of emails. I answer everyone um, um, because it's just so nice of them, and especially people on my mailing list. Um, it's because it, I always think, well, it's so nice of them to bother. And because I like to do everything straight away. So, you know, if you send me an email, if I'm at my computer, you can get a reply in 10 seconds. If you don't get a reply straight away, it means I'm not sitting there. Um, so yeah I've, you get to know them because you know they've been with me for 
10 books now or 11 books if we count the new series so yeah we have a lot of contact and they come I've got a Facebook page as well which has got I don't know about 500 or so people on it they're just so all over the world I didn't catch that sorry what did you say from all over the world they are yes even New Zealand (laughs) (laughs) I twice a week we do this thing called um one's called I always get it right this or that Tuesday and one's called two for Thursday or it might be the other way around two for Tuesday and this or that Thursday and I always put something up you know do you I think last week was do you prefer wine or beer or um tell me your two favorite songs and I have to do it it's always but I have to do it New Zealand time because everyone's all over the world so and then when we get new people joining they say but it's not Tuesday or Thursday (laughs) it It is on my time (laughs) So yeah. We do, yeah, so we have a lot of fun on that group. So anyone's welcome to join if they just um, they can find it. Um, if you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Ooh, ooh, who would I like to spend it? I suppose Steve Larson, who is dead, who wrote the Millennium. I mean, I know it was carried on by. Um, I have to look at my bookshelf. I can't think what his name was. Oh no, these glasses won't tell me there. These are anyway. Um, I can't think of his name. Is it? Do you know his name? Was it David Lazen? Yeah. I'd, so yeah. anyway, Steve Larson, because he was a fascinating character. Because they think he was actually murdered, don't they? Because he was um, mm-hmm. he was a journalist, a political journalist. So I think he would have been very interesting to. Yeah, he would be my pick. He would be interesting. Um, do you have any books that are your most treasured that you would rescue in a fire first before any of the others? I wanted to go and look now. Probably, um, the thing with, probably not because they're all replaceable, aren't they? I don't, I mean, oh no, I say that. I've got on the top shelf, you can't see well behind where I've got my books all that top shelf of people are books written by and probably signed by author friends so I'd probably rescue those although they're not necessarily books I read because they were given to me and signed yeah I'd yes I would rescue those yeah because that would be replaceable the rest I think are replaceable yeah I mean I started off with one signed book and now I have like 60 so I would have real trouble trying to rescue all of them, but they're all as special as each other. So I'd yeah. be really hard pushed to, it'd break my heart to lose any of them. Yeah, and I've got some there um, by people that have made it big, but before they made it big. And I think that's even nicer, you know, when they were just ordinary authors like me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there any author that you would really fangirl over if you met them? <gasps> yes, Harlan Coburn, 100%. And I understand he was at Harrogate, not last year, the year before. And my editor, I don't, do you know Emma, Emma Mitchell? Oh, she's my editor. I do know so Emma. Jealous when, yeah. So jealous when she met him. Oh, so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> and especially if he's meant to be really nice. Have you met him? 
Did you go to? No, I want to go this year. So hopefully, I think um, Ian Rankin's supposed to be there as well. So mm. I'm hoping that that's the case. Well, we were due to come over last year to UK, which obviously it had to be. And I had planned on trying to go to Harrogate, but we don't. Hopefully, next year we'll be over because of all our families there. We're we were planning to come over every year from now on because my parents are knocking on a bit. So, um, but uh, Harrogate was, I was planning to go to. So yeah, Harlan Coburn, 100%. Love every single one of his books um, and the stuff he's doing for TV. You'll, obviously you'll get it. We have that, so, yeah. Amazing. He liked one of my tweets once. <laughs> I don't tweet very often I'm not very good on Twitter but I think I just uh, somebody had written something about him and I um, added something and then he liked it so yeah fan, so definite fangirl <laughs> yeah I love that even authors fangirl over other authors it's great I love it <laughs> it's mm. the most exciting thing <laughs> of course we do because I, can, I can't speak for other authors, I can only speak for myself, but yes, we see ourselves as authors, but we don't see ourselves as authors like these people up there. You know, we're just ordinary people authors, they're not. And I'm no doubt they see themselves as ordinary people authors, but you know, there is a difference. Yeah. I mean, um, I spoke to Mark Billingham um, and obviously he's done so much stuff. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I've had lots of luck and, you know, I've it's gone well, but it could have not done. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. He was so humble and he was so lovely and so funny. Yeah. And he's 100% right because I, you know, I consider that my series has done well. Um, I see other people whose series have done much better. But I also see people, and there's no difference, whose series they cannot get off the ground for no apparent reason. There is an element of luck in there. And I don't even think it, it's not writing skill. I mean, yeah, you, you do obviously have to be at a certain level to, to write and you practice it and you get better with each book. But no, I've, I've read or critiqued people whose writing is amazing, but they can't get it off the ground. They're definitely, you know, and you think, why? You know, you look at it and you think, your writing's miles better than mine. Why will that not sell? And mine do. It is, there is an element of luck. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I started off reading, um, you know, well-established authors. And then when I became part of the Facebook groups, I started reading indie authors. And I would argue that some of the indie authors I read are miles better than some of yeah. the established authors. And yeah. They're never going to sell anywhere near that amount of books and you know if you're comparing writing then yeah it's it's wrong really but I don't know how you could change that so. But what you've got to remember there's far more indie authors when you're a traditionally published author which I've been both um, the percentage of royalties you get is nothing it's peanuts whereas if you decide to publish yourself as an indie author you know, on Amazon, you, you can get up to 70%. So you might not be recognised in The Guardian or any, you know, or The Times, but there's so many um, well-established authors, traditionally published, that still are working on the side 
as opposed to authors. I mean, I write full time that can write full time because they can afford to do it. Um, if you can just let go, you know, it's whether you want the prestige that goes with being one of these top authors and no money, or you want the money to enable you to write full time. So yeah, that, that indie authors are doing so well financially. Yeah, um, although the, um, over here, especially, they seem to be having a tough time at the minute. And we oh, don't know if it's um, uh, because of the easing of lockdown and people are going out, so they're not reading so much and they're catching up on all the ones that they've bought during when everything uh, was locked down, but sales have absolutely nosedived and no one really knows really? why. So, okay. yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I only see my own stuff, which is just tending to carry on as usual yeah um i mean i'll speak to loads of authors and most of them are struggling they said it got to april where their sales were increasing or steady just yeah. dropped at just dropped off a cliff and they just wow. no reason <gasps> yeah so and they think it's down to the easing of lockdown it, i mean it's it's one theory but genuinely they don't have a clue they really don't and it's, oh you know, it's not just the odd author, it's a lot. lot of them. Yeah. So had they gone up like that during lockdown and now they've come down? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that makes it sound like lockdown. <coughs> oh, well, hopefully it'll start coming back up and reach a... Yeah, we've got another easing on the 17th of May and then on the 21st of June, hopefully we're free. So I suppose it will be the test after that when everything's back to normal, hopefully. Yeah. I know, we are so lucky in New Zealand. We had our, because our prime minister is, she is just amazing. It was just, right, boom, border shut, lockdown. That was March last year. We were in lockdown for, I don't know, maybe six weeks or so. Um, we've been just, we all we do is contact trace. And if there is one case that's in the community, which we have had occasionally, um, we will switch levels um, depending on the area you're in. People just do as they're told. And we really have just living a normal life. We're one of the very few countries in the world that, you know, it's all the same apart from um, wearing masks. No, we don't even have to wear masks on public transport or anything now. So it's just, we're so lucky. Could have yeah. gone another way though, if we had a different prime minister because I think she just, we shouldn't talk politics, but I think she just realised that, yes, the economy is important, but we, our economy is back to normal now because we have that, you know, whereas, anyway, I'm <laughs> yeah. so grateful. So grateful. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to kidnap her. We're not jealous. It's fine. We're totally fine with how... I know, everyone wants to kidnap her. The, the emails I get from all that readers, you know, they all, everyone wants Jacinda. Yes. Say, nope, ours. I've had many conversations about her kidnapping or swapping. You can have Boris and we'll have her for a while. <laughs> no, it's all right. The thing, with, the thing with her as well is she's so normal and every and people trusted her. And that was the thing, they trusted her. We did, you know, every day she was on at, you know, one o'clock and, you know, and then of course she said, she told all the children that the Easter Bunny would still be okay. They don't have to be locked up. So it's all those things. Um, I saw her in the supermarket once. I was, 
I was walking through, we have a supermarket called New World, which you, you don't have over there. And I was walking through and I thought, oh, they've got a security guard here. And, but he was a very well-dressed security guard. And then Gary, my husband, he went, look over there, look over there. And she was just in the queue waiting to pay for her stuff. Nothing, you know, but that is typical. She wouldn't jump the queue. She wouldn't, you know, nothing. It was very understated. And she happened to be in our area, I think, on holiday or visiting. So she shops at my supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so yeah. what do you like to do when you're not writing? I play croquet. I'm a, which is not like people think of croquet out you play in the garden it can be quite vicious um or I'm not particularly vicious um the best if you ever watch the best players like the Egyptians and the New Zealand players are good are a top in the world but the Egyptians are best I've watched them play they can whack the ball so hard that I, I swear you'd be killed if it, you got in the way that it can go right across the um and it breaks things and all sorts so yes, I play croquet. That's my, I enjoy that. Um, and I do jigsaws. In fact, the, we've got a competition running. Well, it's not going to run until Amazon do the discounts, but with the launch of my new book, I want a new croquet mallet. So we've got this competition that's going to run in launch week that if I break the top 100 in Amazon, I don't care which Amazon store, they can all help me choose a new croquet mallet. And I've got a graphic done, so all these this and different colored ones and so so i want a new croquet mallet but i can't have it unless we break the top 100 and then my team or my readers will choose which color i have they range from there's red yellow black blue and then there's a black and gold one i know the one i want but obviously i've got to wait to see how they vote i promise to go with the vote <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully they know you well enough to know that the one that you would want then. Well, I can't tell them really, can I? Because that would be no. unfair. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going red just thinking about it. I don't know if I dare say it. Okay, I'll tell you. you. And you probably won't remember it because no one's as old as I am. Um, do you remember the film Oliver? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, before that. It would be David Cassidy from the Partridge family. Same as my mum. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> no, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> or actually my auntie. I think my mum liked... Um... Donny Osmond. Yes. It was, it was either David Cassidy or Donny Osmond. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think if I remember rightly, it's my auntie that likes Dave Casting and my mum was Donny Osmond. Yeah, Donny. so yeah, exactly. And a popular choice, you would be pleased to hear. So no need to be embarrassed. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're the second or third person, I think, that said that, so you're fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I feel okay now then. <laughs> um, I've forgotten what I was going to ask you then. <laughs> Um, if you were to have a superhero power, what would you choose? Sorry, a, a superhero power. Color. Would you choose? Oh, power. Yeah. Superhero power. Oh, mind reading. I would love to be able to read people's minds and know what's going on in the head. 
I might not like what I hear. <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> yeah, that would be my superpower. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, I'd love to be able to do that as well. <laughs> Just as long as so I could good. leave my mind back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd worry about, I think. <laughs> um, and if you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want with you? Um, my Kindle, because that would have all my books on it, obviously. Um, we, is it objects? You can't just I take mean, it. it's anything. Someone put a hotel on there, so, you know, it's your desert island. You can have what you like, really. <laughs> oh, well, I'd have my family. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, think, I feel that's a bit of a cheat, actually, so maybe I wouldn't. So I would have my Kindle. I would have, um, I need music, so I would have, um, oh, I would have my phone with Spotify on it. And I would have, oh, I, I'd have to obviously, all this comes with electricity and I would have my computer so I can write. So you're pretty cool with just being stranded and, you know, just reading books and listening to music and writing and just letting the world carry on. I think so. I think that's fine as long as I could eat. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably as long as I was connected. I, the internet would come with the computer to use my computer and my phone and my Kindle because I'd need to charge them up. Yeah, you might get down your TBR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even look at mine. I dread to think. <laughs> I don't know numbers. It's high. <laughs> um, Post-lockdown, you have, well, post-lockdown for us, you're free now anyway. Um, yes. You have one country you can visit, one concert you can go to, and then any other event you can attend, what would you do? Okay, country, I would probably go to Canada because that is really on my bucket list to go to at the right time of year, not when it's cold. I don't <laughs> like the cold. So one country, watch say one concert. Yep. Ooh. Okay, I would go to a concert. I'm, I'm making up this concert. I'm having a concert, which is a combination of Barbara Streisand and Queen with Adam Lambert. They, they, they've, they've just announced this massive concert, so I'm going to that. And what was the third thing? Any other event. Any other event. Favourite uh, sport or comedy or anything, theatre? Musicals. I love musicals. I'm a music, I have passion for musicals. So I would go to see probably Hamilton, because I haven't seen Hamilton, and I know how good it is. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> um, so you have your new series. Um, are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you? Yes, I am. I'm working on, at the moment, I'm currently editing to get to my editor in a few weeks. Book two of the new series. Oh, I'm just tapping my paper there. Book two of the new series. I want that to come out. And then book 11 in the Cavendish and Walker series as well. So book two is coming out at the end of July, fingers crossed. Um, book 
11 Cavendish and Walker. Um, it's already up for pre-order because a lot of my readers were getting a bit concerned that I was not doing any more. So, <laughs> so I thought just, yeah, you can see. So Dark Secrets, it's called. That's coming out in September. And then the plan is to alternate between, I'll do one and then the other, between the two series to keep them going. And um, I've got a box set coming out of Cavendish and Walker next month, books four to six. Um, so that's all. I say that's all, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, and that's what I was thinking, wow. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, I'm quite well organised, so I just have to keep, you know, as long as I've got everything. I always get all my covers in advance as well, so that I know that I've got to get and do that book, can't waste that cover. <laughs> um, well, I don't think I have any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you about that you want to tell us? No, I think you've asked me. I can't think of anything. It's been great. I've really enjoyed this, actually. Yeah, me so, too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can't think of anything that we haven't covered. Um, so would you like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can buy your books from? My books are all in Amazon um, for eBooks. If you want paperbacks, they're on Amazon and you can get also um, online, you can buy them like Waterstones, Barnes & Noble, Book Depository. Um, all those so you can get paperbacks um, what else did you ask me forgot where I can get my book find more about you <laughs> oh um, website um, sallyrigby.com there and when you're there you can um, I've got um, two books um, free books for people that want to join the mailing list there's one called the night shift which is they're both novellas which is a prequel to Cavendish and Walker and also, you can't actually see that when on my website, but there's another one called Nowhere to Hide, which is a prequel to the new series. But when you get your first email, you'll see you can get that. And also, if you read book one in Cavendish and Walker, Deadly Games, um, I wrote an epilogue just for people on the mailing list. So you can also get that too. So that's all on my website. And you can also get, I do have some merchandise you could also buy that if you wished. Um, I do mugs. Hang on. <clears throat> it's all shown on my website, but here's two of the mugs. One's a web of lies and one's deadly games. And it's got awesome. things written. <laughs> oh, they're really oh. cool. <laughs> Actually, you want to see a really cool mug. Oops, what's that? <laughs> oh, that's my book's falling off the shelf. I'll show you a really cool mug, which um, which my brother got me for Christmas. Hang on. All I do is sit on my ass all day and make things up. <laughs> which I loved. That's my best. That was my best present. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, I think that's everything we have. <laughs> okay, thank you very much.